chapter 18, the book of John. I want to read just a couple verses. This is the account of Jesus when he was talking to Pilate before his crucifixion. I love verse 33. It says, Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Verse 33. I wonder if there was a little tone in Jesus' answer. He said, Is that your idea? Or did others talk to you about me? I think there was attitude. Verse 33, he said, verse 35, he said, Am I a Jew? Pilate replied, It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Verse 36, Jesus says, My kingdom is not of this world. Let me say it again. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now, my kingdom is from another place. Would you bow with me in a word of prayer? Father, I thank you again that you have preserved your word all down through time. And that you have caused your word to be alive. It is a word that literally changes lives. It changes eternities. It changes physical bodies. I thank you that it is a word unlike any other. Before we begin today, Father, I ask for a fresh anointing. Would you take literal possession of my mind, of my mouth? I invite you to flow through me that I would only do and say what I see you do and say. And with the authority you've given in the name of Jesus, I bind up every demonic entity that would seek to snatch the seed that's going to be sown. I command you to release every person and be outside the walls of this building. I thank you for the promise that your word, when it goes forth, will not return void. And Father, I thank you again today. You are speaking. I thank you that throughout the course of this time, you will be speaking into the hearts and minds of those who have ears to hear words that are not going to come out of my mouth. Would you empower them to know it's you? Would you empower them to capture it? Because we believe one word from you can change everything. And so today we believe that we will hear that word and be changed in the powerful in the beautiful name of Jesus, we pray, and everybody expecting said, amen. This morning, I want to, uh, I want to tell you straight up front what I'm going to be doing. And I, I want to just have you write on your, on your bulletin or your notepad. Would you just write the title? Today, we're going to talk about building a kingdom in a kingdom. We're going to talk about building a kingdom inside of a kingdom. This morning, I want to share with you what the Holy Spirit has been laying in my heart, something that, honestly, the enemy of our souls doesn't want us to know, and if we know it, he wants us to set aside and forget it. Last Sunday, when we focused on Canada Day and our position as believers not being first and foremost citizens of Canada in the kingdom of Canada, but citizens of heaven building the kingdom of God in Canada. I got to honestly tell you, I didn't know at the time. Last Sunday morning, as I was sharing and we were here ministering, I've told you already, last Sunday I did not know that Flo's son had passed away and that Jason 
had had a stroke earlier on the weekend, was found Sunday night, a day or two days later. I did not know that at the time. But I want to tell you, and again, I thank you as you've been praying for the lost um, in their lives. Unimaginable, I've had to say to Flo, I said, I cannot imagine what you're going through right now. And can I just encourage you, there's times when people are going through things, don't say I understand. We, we can't understand the dynamic of the relationship, who the person is, all of that, the background. We, we can't just, just say, I can't understand, but I'm praying for you, I'm sorry for you. Thank you for continuing to lift them before the Lord. But I want to tell you, there is a reality that happens with every person when they pass away, and there's a reality that's going to happen with every one of us when we pass away. Can I just say this to you really clearly? I don't want to do any of your funerals. I don't want to. What that means is, if the Lord comes back this afternoon, I won't have to. How does that sound? I would love to be part of that generation who's taken up alive, wouldn't you? I think it's going to be fun looking down. That will be fun. But I want to tell you, there is a reality. It's going to be talked about tomorrow. There is a reality that happens at every funeral. And can I, I, I how many of you have been to a funeral where you heard that everybody goes to heaven? How many of you have been there? I've been there. I, I've heard of a funeral that if all you do is take your baby and sprinkle water, they can live like hell and they're going to heaven. Have you heard that before? Have you ever been to a funeral where they don't believe in heaven and hell, and so all they do is celebrate the life? It's called the worm theology, that when you die, that's it. It's over. And so they just celebrate. Have you been to one like that? Yeah, I've been to those. Let me ask you a really blunt one. How many of you have ever walked out of a funeral? How many of you have ever walked out of a movie? How many of you should have walked out of a movie? How many of you should have walked out of a funeral? I'm not going to shit on you this morning, but I'm going to tell you, there are times we need to just, there are times we need to respond a little more. Sometimes sitting, I got to tell you, I was at one funeral where I could not stand when we were instructed to stand because I could not agree with what was going on. Some of you were there. But I want to tell you what is not spoken about at most funerals, and can I say this? This is not politically correct. This is not going to win me votes. This did not win Jesus' votes. What is not talked about is the spiritual reality that everything we have done, every word that we say, everything we have built, everything we have poured our life into on this earthly journey, it is going to be tested. Let me say it again. It's going to be tested. I... Uh, I want you to turn to me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. I'd like you to put your eyes on it. If they can throw it up on the screen, that's great, but don't trust the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I will never forget a number of years ago. It was a lot of years ago. It was in the early part of our marriage, and Jane and I were doing something, and, and I mean, when we do something, we like to do it well if we have the time to do that and we got finished doing what we're doing I can't remember what we we're doing but Jane made a comment after we were all finished and the whole deal she said you know she goes th this really doesn't matter she goes it's all going to burn anyway have you ever heard that I got to tell you 
when she spoke that word, and I mean, she just spoke it out, that word was branded inside of me. I can't tell you how many tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of times in my life over the years when I have been involved in something, the Holy Spirit has brought back to me, call, is this going to burn or is this eternity? Has put into perspective in my life so many things, so many decisions that I've had to make, that simple phrase came, is it going to burn or is it going to last? Look at, look at what it says in verse 10. The Apostle Paul, by the grace of God, was given to me. I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it, but each one should be careful how he builds. Be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring to light it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. I want to just show you something as a grandparent that I, I absolutely love and absolutely ticks me off. I'm going to have to, I'm going to ask somebody, do you think Micah would be open to come up? Do you think she'd be open? Micah? Micah, sweetie? Could you come see Grandpa for a second? We get down on our living room floor. Hi, sweetie. Can you come over here for a second? Grandpa just built a tower. How high should I go? Should I keep going? Okay. Should I go another one? Okay. I, I, I speak baby. So when I hear, mm, I know what that means. Should I put one more on? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Should Grandpa do it again? Did you say no? We haven't prepared well for this. Grandpa's going to do it one more time. And I want you to do, Micah, what you do at home at Grandpa's house with Grandpa's towers. Grandpa likes building towers. Grandpa likes building tall towers. Grandpa likes building secure towers. But I have grandchildren who do what grandchildren do. You know what they do? Micah, do you want to come knock over my tower? No, should I get another? Should I get somebody else small to do that? Josh, can you come up? Yeah. Now, now, now watch. They, seriously, they, they will watch you. They will watch you do this. They'll watch you build this thing, right? I mean, you're working at it. You're, you're putting your everything into it. And with one foul swoop, watch what they do. And they laugh. Josh, you're awesome. Thank you, Micah. Appreciate that. You can go back to your seat. How many of you have had that happen with your kids? How, how many of you? Your grandkids. We, we know that happens, right? Can I just say this to you really clearly? Children aren't born innocent. If they were, they wouldn't knock over my towers. But I want you to understand there's a principle that goes on here, and every time this happens with my grandkids, I think about this spiritually. I go, you know what? We spend a lot of time building some things, and with one swoop, that whole sucker can go down. Now, the Bible says this really clearly. 
it says we got to be careful how we build. Church, I want to say this to you with my heart. In this day, I release a word of the Lord over you. And today I say, be careful how you build. The Bible says this, that when we build, we're gonna, there's going to be those who build with stone, with straw, with the whole deal. There's going to be the stone that those that build with precious rock, with gold, with silver, with those whole deal. Okay? What, but what it, what it eventually says, it's, it's all going to be tested. Now, I'm not going to do this, but I, I, will, I will show you. The reality is, every one of you, this past week, in every choice you made, everything you did, you were building something. You were building something. The Bible says there's going to come a time where everything we build is going to be tested with what? With fire, okay? Now, here's what, and I don't know how it's going to happen. I know the great thing is... Um, you read a little bit farther on, it says that there's going to be those who actually, when they die, they'll get to heaven, they'll be saved, but everything they've done is going to burn. They'll get in. They'll be smoking their butt, but they'll get in. But everything will burn. Here's what's going to happen. If I took, and it wouldn't take long, if I just took the fire on these blocks, made it wood, you know what's going to happen. I could spend time over here, and I could put this on the brick like this. I could be here all day. What's going to happen? There are things that the fire will not burn. There will be those things that fire will go, boom, gone, boom, gone, boom, gone. You built for nothing. Have you ever been to a funeral where they talk about that? At a funeral, they go, can I just tell you what happened last Thursday when that person passed away, that they stood before the Lord, everything they'd done in their life, there was a test with what they have done, and everything had the fire test to it, and everything that was eternity lasted, everything that was temporal burned. Pray for me tomorrow. I want you to think about this with incredible clarity. We talked about this last week, and I want you to hear it again. The disciples, the disciples, the disciples were called to build a kingdom within a kingdom that would last for eternity. Did you hear me? They were called to build a kingdom within a kingdom that would last for eternity. When physical Israel was destroyed in 70 AD and the earthly kingdom of Israel disappeared, the kingdom they were building survived and carried on. They were building a kingdom inside the kingdom. I talked last week when we traveled to Kenya as ambassadors. I was just thinking, Ken and Ophelia went on two different trips. You were both there experiencing the same thing. When we went to Kenya as ambassadors for Christ, we were called to build a kingdom inside the kingdom of Kenya. And right here in Canada, in Alberta, in Camaros, as ambassadors for Christ, our call is to build a kingdom within a kingdom. Regardless of what happens physically, the kingdom that we are to build is to last for eternity. I want you to imagine for a moment if every one of us, all we did was carry around a torch and every decision we made, everything we did, we lit it up and went, let's just do the test now before we stand before Jesus. How many things would we go, whoa, that disappeared quick. I guess I'm not going to invest in that one. And how many things would we make a decision and it would be this and we go, you know what, this is obviously lasting. What I'm doing, what I'm investing in, what I'm building has eternal value to it instead of just the temporal. Can you imagine if we did that ourselves? The question is this.
how do we go about building a kingdom within a kingdom? I want to share four things God's laid in my heart. I've been waiting all week to share this with you. I want to give you four things. Would you write them down? They may shoot them up on the screen. The first one is this. Would you write down, live, thank you, not please. Live, thank you, and not please. How many of you know the passage in Scripture where it talks about the Bible says in Proverbs, I mean in, in the book of Psalms, it says this, the real sacrifice that God is looking for is not bulls and goats, not blood, the whole deal. What's he looking for? Thanksgiving. Can I tell you about something about Thanksgiving that is profound? When I'm thankful for something, I'm giving somebody else the glory. When I'm saying please, I am looking to get the glory for myself. I will never forget when the Lord said to me some time ago, he goes, call. He says, there are two groups of people in this world. He goes, you are going to see it everywhere you go. I want you to be a part of one. He says, there are those who live their life going, please, please accept me. Please love me. Please, have I done enough? Please, please. And then there are those who live their life. Everything they do is a statement, thank you. Everything they do is a statement, thank you. That's all they do. Thank you, I'm accepted. Thank you, I'm loved. Thank you, I've already got it. I want to tell you this is what sets Christianity apart from every religion in the world. If you're not sure why you're a Christian and if you're not sure why you should share the message of faith, let me tell you. When every Jehovah Witness knocks on our door, they are doing it in order to earn the points so that by the time they die, they have earned enough points in order to qualify for a glorified earth. And can I tell you why glorified earth? Because heaven's already full. From their perspective, it hit the 144,000. Heaven is full. Now everybody, the best they can get is the glorified earth. They are earning, 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 earning. And when they pass away, it's like, did I do enough? Have I had enough points? How far are my points going to get me? What am I going to get because of all the labor that I have done? Can I tell you this? And I know them personally. When a Muslim bows five times a day and bows and prays toward Mecca, when a Muslim keeps the traditions and keeps the feasts, at the end of their life, they are still going, I don't know that I've done enough. I don't know that I've done it well enough. I don't know that I have done what I need to do in order to get what is on the other side of that. I have spoken to them. You have spoken to them. They die in fear because they have lived their life going, please accept me, please. When a Mormon travels the world and every Mormon is required when they finish school to spend two years, what they call a 70 traveling around the world, can I tell you there are over 200,000 young Mormon men and women traveling around the world. What are they doing? They come back and their entire life, they are living their life going, please, have I done enough? Please, have I given enough? Please. And I, I, just, gotta, I just gotta tell you, I would not want to be a wife waiting in the grave to find out if I've done enough for my husband to call me forth. Can you imagine? We could talk about how the Orthodox Jew lives their life saying, please, we could go through every religion of the world. What sets it apart is you and I. Let me tell you why Christianity is a stumbling block. Because for a lot of people who have earned everything, who worked for it, it is a difficult thing to go, 
This is a free gift. I have to receive this by faith and not by earning it. Can I tell you, the earning is natural. The receiving as a free gift is not natural. If you ever get a chance to read in the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul says to the Galatians, he says, how is it you began by faith, but you've slipped back into earning your salvation again? As a believer in Christ, recognizing the finished work at the cross of Calvary, the fact that Jesus did it all. Jesus did it all. If you get a chance, listen to Andrew Walmack's message, read his book. What's it called? You've already got it. He's already done it. You've already got it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to pay for it. You've already got it. The fact that Jesus did it for us perfectly, and it is by our faith, it is a free gift. It is not something we can pay for or earn. Once received, it becomes thank you. Can, can I, can I just, can you tell the difference between a teacher who is there because they're paid and a teacher who loves doing what they're doing? Can you tell? Can I ask you bluntly? Have you ever known a pastor who was doing it out of a profession and a pastor who was doing it out of his passion? I heard it years ago when I first went to Bible school and somebody said, if you're saved, you better tell your face because it doesn't know yet. How is it the enemy seduces us and we lose the fact that everything we have opportunity to do, it is a statement of, thank you, Father, Thank you for what you did. Thank you for how you changed my life. Thank you that you've forgiven me. Thank you that you love me. Thank you. Thank that is the entire motivation of our life. Let me tell you, people who live thank you, are, we are attracted to them, and they are building a kingdom because thank you gives glory to another. The body of Christ needs to come back to living thank you. Why do we share our faith with other people? There's only one reason. God, thank you for what you did with me. I am sharing it with others as a thank you. God, why? Why do we give? Can I tell? Are there people in the church who, who do not give? They don't give their time? They don't give their talent. They don't give their finance. They don't give their gifting. Can I ask you why? I believe it's because there's not a revelation that has brought them to a point where they're going, because of what has been done for me, the rest of my life is going to be a statement of thank you, Father. And everything I do, everything I say is going to be a statement. Thank you, thank you, thank you. wasn't that long ago I went to the till. How many of you use cash anymore? I encourage you to do that because it's going to be over soon. I used cash one place. I don't know why. I had 20 bucks. I used cash. I gave it. They gave me back, and I had the change that was wrong. Some of you have experienced that, right? I walk out. It takes me a little longer to just process the thing. I'm not thinking about it because I'm talking. It's a great opportunity for ministry. I'm talking. I'm walking out, and the Holy Spirit just says, check it. I check it, check it. They gave me money. I went back again, and I, and I did what so many of you do, and it's, it's, so, it's so fun. This should be normal, but this is the exception now, right? 
you go back and you give them the extra 57 cents or whatever it was, and they go, thank you, nobody does that. And I had one lady say to me one time, why do you do that? I said, because I love the Lord. And I said I couldn't sleep. Why do we do that? Why are we honest? Can I tell you? We are called to build a kingdom by saying thank you. Can I tell you why people leave their jobs and go to the mission field? It's a statement of thank you, God, what you did for me. Can I tell you why people cross the street and share their faith with their neighbor? It's a statement of thank you, God, what you did for me. People who are not thankful don't build the kingdom. Would you write down number two? Would you just write down the word love? Just write down love. 1 John 4, 16, we know it off the heart. God is what? Say it again, God is what? Love. They will know you are my disciples by what? The love you have for one another. Can I say this? The kingdom of God is a kingdom of love. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of love. When we look at Jesus' life here on earth, in contrast to the religious life, I want to tell you it was a life of love when world and religion, hear this, when world and religion shunned a tax collector, what did Jesus do? The love that Jesus had for a shunned Zacchaeus changed his life. And let me tell you, the church was ticked off at him for doing it. When world and religion wanted to stone a woman in sin, caught in adultery, Jesus did what to her? Loved her? Didn't condemn her? Forgave her? Raised her up? Covered her shame? Can I tell you, when the world and even the religious used and abused a woman for prostitution, the world and religion is still doing that, by the way, with women with little boys, with little girls. The, the religious church is doing it. The world is still doing it. When Jesus came in contact with that woman who became a prostitute, what did love do? He loved that. He healed her. He delivered her of demons. Love did to her what the church and the world didn't do. When Jesus did that, you know what he was doing? Building the kingdom of God. I want to tell you what you already know. To love those that religion hates is not popular. The world would love me and love you to shun those who struggle with their sexuality, to shun those who are living in sin, to shun those who are struggling. The world and the religion would love us to shun those. They're doing a great job of it. You know what God calls you and I to do? not to wait for them to walk into our door. He calls us to go and find them, calls us to love them. When they don't believe they're lovable, here, the great, God demonstrated his love while we were still what? Why did we change that God demonstrates his love after they're all cleaned up and after they're living right and after they're out of sin and after they're no longer living together and after they've got their sexuality straightened out? Then we'll love you. Then we'll accept you. They're wrong, wrong. 
I have never watched judgment straighten any person out. I've watched love do it. Love builds a kingdom inside of a kingdom. I want to give you maybe the greatest. I hope we never experience this in our lifetime. There are some in other parts of the world are. When Jesus was looking at those who were killing him, who considered themselves his enemy, what did Jesus do? I'll tell you, he said, it is nothing for you to love those who are nice to you. Nothing to love family members. Nothing. That, that's nothing. Even the pagan, even the ungodly, even Satanists do that. He goes, you want to talk about building my kingdom inside of a kingdom? You love those who don't love you. You love those who are railing against you. You love those who are criticizing. You love those who are calling you down on Facebook. You love those who are maligning your character. You love those who consider themselves your enemy. He goes, you want to build my kingdom? It is staggering on the cross of Calvary. After all Jesus had been through, he looks down at the very ones who took his physical life, and he goes, Daddy, forgive them. The kingdom of God is built by love. I want you to put your eyes on 1 Corinthians 13. Would you turn there with me? The vast majority of the time we read this at weddings, but I want to read this to you today. I'm believing for a revelation of how powerful love is, and I, I want you to hear this. Beginning at verse 1 of verse 13, it says, If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, I am building the kingdom of God. Is that what it says? Thank you, Ken, for standing. Thank you, Dean. The Bible does not say, if I speak with tongues of men and of angels, it says, if I speak with tongues of men, but I have not love, it's what? Resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Can I tell you, there is a loud noise in the religious church today. You know any churchgoers who can raise their hands, who can speak in tongues, but you look at their lifestyle and it is anything but love. You don't feel it. You don't see it for their spouse. You don't see it in their children. You don't see it in their work. Oh, they can speak in tongues. But what's missing? Verse 2, he says, if I have the gift of prophecy, can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, not just some, all, and if I have faith that can move mountains, that is building the kingdom. Thank you, Ken, Dean, Rose, Uva, Seth. If I can do all of that, but have not love, what? Nothing. Can I tell you, before we ever get to mountain-moving faith, we need to get to love. I go a little farther. If I give all I possess to the poor, that's impressive, isn't it? Isn't that impressive? Everything I have, I take it and I give it to the poor. My you know what they would do with my name? They would stick it up on a wall and go, contributed by Colin. That's impressive for people down through time to look and go, man, that guy, he gave everything. Really? 
Have you known people who give without love? Have you known people who walk to the front without love? Look at what it says. If I give everything I possess and surrender my body to the flames. When Jane and I were, were, were in, in France, we got off, we went to the village, we saw the place where... Burned at the stake. Joan of Arc was burned. And I thought about it. He makes the statement and he says this, I can go that far giving my life, but if I have not love, I've gained what? Can I tell you, it is not those big things that impress and build the kingdom. It's when they are done in love, the kingdom is built. In Jesus' world, to love made you an alien. Let me say it again. In Jesus' world, when he loved people, it made him an alien, and yet people were drawn and lives were changed. When he left and the disciples went out and they loved people, it made them alien. The world hated them, and yet people were drawn and lives were changed. For 2,000 years, to love in this world made you an alien. The world hated you, but people were drawn and lives were changed. You think that might be true today? Today in our world, to love, to really love, makes us aliens. And yet people will be drawn and people will be changed. The kingdom of God is built by love. Would you write down number three? Would you write down sowing seed? How do you build the kingdom of God? Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. Talking to the church, do not be deceived. Can I talk to the church? Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. A man will what? Reap what he sows. A man will reap what he sows. Sow to please the flesh, reap destruction. Sow to please the spirit, reap eternal life. I got to tell you, I love this time of year. I love driving around. I love looking at the fields. The crops that are beginning to head out, beginning to turn. I'm amazed how early that's happening. Is this early than normal, Andrew? Is stuff happening earlier? Is this normal? Is this normal? I guess. It is natural. And I want you to think about this. When you see what is coming out of the ground, you go, oh, I know what seed they put in there. Can I tell you how smart I am? I go into our garden and I look at all the corn crop that's growing. I look at that and I know that we planted corn there because I see the corn thing. Is that profound? Let me give you another one. I go to a different patch and I see our potatoes coming out of the ground and I look and go, Jane, we must have planted a potato here. Isn't that profound? Especially with her eyesight, would you do that? Physically, we take it as a given. We know how this works. You look at it, you plant the seed, you expect to come out of the ground. Why do we think this is different spiritually? I'll tell you this is exactly how it works in the spirit. Let me ask you a question. What are the seeds that we sow into the kingdom of God? Let me tell you straight up, every word we speak is a seed. Every word we speak is a seed. I will never forget I've told you before at the Believers Conference when we were invited to stand and pray for a crop failure over the words we have spoken 
contrary to the will of God. Anybody who would like to stand and pray, you have spoken words that are contrary to the kingdom of God and you want there to be a crop failure, stand. Out of 10,000, can I tell you how many stood? 10,000, you're right. Every word we speak is a seed. Our time, where we spend our time, is a seed. Our finances, where we spend it, is a seed. Our talent is a seed. Our prayers are a seed. For those building an earthly kingdom, they are sowing into that kingdom with all of their seed. And the Bible says in the end, it's going to stand the test of fire and it will all burn. For those seeding into the kingdom of God, it says there will be a harvest that will last for eternity. The Apostle Paul says this, those who sow to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap what? Eternal life. Can I say this to you in the Spirit? As believers, as ambassadors, as aliens in this world, we are aware of the fact that everything we do is a seed and it will produce a harvest. Can I give you a quick picture? When we were in Kenya, we were on mission. We were building a kingdom in a kingdom. When we got up in the morning and we got out and we greeted our people or we were in a hotel, we were building a relationship with those people. Do you know why? Because we wanted to win the right in order to love them and speak into their life. When we drove down the road, we drove in such a way that they would look and go, those people are different than the people who live here. When we stopped and we bought things and gave to people, when we served, when we built a church, when we bought a goat and dropped it off, when we took a chicken and gave it to a pastor's wife, we were building a kingdom in a kingdom. Do you know why? Because we were sowing seeds that would last for eternity. I've got to tell you one of the things we were concerned about is when we come home, God, we're going to forget all this. This waking up and going to bed and everything we do being for the kingdom, we're going to slip home and all of a sudden go, wow, this is comfortable. My mission mentality went out the door and I began building my kingdom. This past week, and I thought it was so beautiful, Jane had to go somewhere and she had to get something done. While she was there, she began talking with the lady, found out the lady's dog was sick. While she was there talking, another lady, I think it was the person's mom, brought the dog in because she had to drop the dog off. And so the spirit just stirred inside of Jane before she was leaving and said, would you mind if I pray for your dog? These are non-believers, by the way. She said, would you mind if I pray for your dog? They go, I guess. So right there in that environment, Jane gets down, lays her hand on the dog with two non-believers looking at her, praying for healing over this dog got up, walked out the door, come home, she told me all about it, and I went, isn't that fun? Can I tell you, somebody who says Christianity is boring is not a Christian. When you are sowing seeds in the kingdom, it is fun. Because there's a harvest that comes from that. Jane just phoned yesterday and said, can I ask you, how's your dog? First thing, they were surprised she phoned. Then they said the dog's improving. Do you think in the middle of that public place they will ever forget this alien getting on her knees, praying for a dog? 
That's not normal. But that's kingdom. Let me give you one more. Would you write down the word of God? The word of God. I'm so thankful church is not for non-believers. Aren't you thankful? I don't ever believe that a church is meant to be seeker sensitive. I believe a church is a place for believers to come in, to be built up, to be strengthened, to be empowered, to walk out the door more like Christ in order to go into the mission field. I don't think the church has ever been called to be a mission field. Most of what I'm telling you today, a non-believer would look at it and go, whoa, that is a little weird. Last week was a little weird, right? If you're not a believer, you're going to miss it. The word of God. The Bible says this, the farmer went out to what? Farmer went out to sow. Went out to sow the seed. Jesus explained it to them. They didn't get in the first place. The seed is what? The word of God. The Bible says this, the sword of the spirit is what? The word of God. The kingdom of God is spirit, not flesh. It is not seen. It is spirit. It is unseen. Can you imagine signing up when someone says to you, I would like you to be a part of building a kingdom that you will not see. We have a place for you in Unit 3. That's the call. The calling on our life is to build a kingdom that you cannot see. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. I want you to turn there because I want you to see I want you to see this, and I believe this is going to give revelation. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. This is the parable of the weeds. Let me read it. Jesus said, he told them another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the weeds sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. We know how it goes. Can I just say this to you? When you are in enemy territory, there are fields of weeds everywhere. This is turned around. Can I tell you that right now we have weeds in the courthouse in Canada? Can I tell you that we have weeds on Parliament Hill in Canada? Can I tell you that we have weeds in our school system in Canada? Can I tell you that our media has weeds? Fields full of weeds in the kingdom that we are in. As ambassadors, as aliens, we take this, we turn it around in the kingdom, and what do we do? We have the privilege to go into fields that are full of weeds and begin to sow what? Good seed. Good seed. In our work environment, we sow the word. In our families, we sow the word. In the marketplace, we sow the word. In the online world that is full of weeds, we sow the word. Why? Can I tell you? Because that word has life, that word has power, that word is living. That word illumines. That word convicts. That word does things to people that no other word does. It is living and active. It has the power to do to others what that word did to us. And what was it? It changed our life. 
If I was the enemy, I would throw everything in my arsenal to make sure that every believer with their bag of seed never cracked it and sowed a seed anywhere. Can I tell you how successful I am? The vast majority of the church never shares their faith. The vast majority of the church never counters the word they hear in the weedy field of the coffee shop or the weedy field of their workplace or the weedy field of an unbelieving family. The vast majority of the church never shares good seed in a field full of weeds. You know why? What might they think of me? What reputation am I going to get? Kingdom builders look for and take every opportunity to sow the, into the weedy fields to sow good seed in the fields of weed and watch what the Holy Spirit does. The kingdom of God is spirit. And as Holy Spirit takes what we sow and opens people up to the truth, we have the privilege. Can I ask you a personal question today? How many of you have had the opportunity in your lifetime to pray for at least one person and lead them to relationship with Christ to take the harvest. How many of you have had the opportunity at least once in your life? Awesome. How many of you are believing for more to come? Awesome. There are some who sow, there are some who water, there are some who fertilize, there are some who prune. But when you are privileged to bring in the harvest, I'll tell you, that is a block that doesn't burn. I want you to join us in praying for a harvest tomorrow. I can't tell you how exciting it is to be a part of the kingdom and become, and become in this world an alien. Not because I have to, because I want to. Not because I'm saying please, because I'm saying thank you. Because there's no greater joy and fulfillment than building the kingdom within a kingdom and seeing lives changed for eternity. As a child of God, I want you to hear your citizenship is not here. Your citizenship is in heaven. This is not my home. Read my tithe. This is not my home. I don't know how you remind yourself of that. I don't know if you look in the mirror every morning and go, just a reminder, this is not my home. I'm on mission. I'm an ambassador. I'm building another kingdom inside of this kingdom. I don't know how you remind yourself, because if you don't, guess what will happen? You're going to build a tower, building a wrong kingdom, and it will either topple or burn. Can you imagine today for a moment if one billion believers around the globe for one day did nothing but build kingdoms? Can you imagine? It's amazing Jesus didn't go, I don't need a billion. You know how many I need? Give me 12. Give me 12 boys who understand ambassadorship. Give me 12 boys who understand and they're okay with being alien. Give me 12 boys who experience my love and as a result of that go out and do what is not comfortable and love 
Give me 12. Just give me 12, and I'll change the entire flipping world. You and I have opportunity. We're going to walk out this door today. We're going to step into the mission field. This isn't it. This is training. This is growing. This is developing. This is sharpening. We're going to step into the mission field, and we'll have opportunity. We're going to build one or two kingdoms, guys. You're going to. It's going to happen. The question is which. Would you bow with me in a word of prayer? Zach, could I have you come? I have to release this. Um, because you have said the word ambassador about eight times in this message, uh, just before we were preparing to um, bring our tithe to the Lord and so offerings, the Lord said to me um, that there's, there are, there's someone here or there are people here who... Um, how do I, I got to try and remember exactly the way he put it to me. He said, you are ambassadors. Well, well, you are ambassadors. You are here on assignment. And don't you know that the government that you are the ambassador from provides for you? Yeah. And it was along those lines. He said, you don't have to provide for yourself. I am your governor, and I am, I am the one who provides for you as an ambassador on assignment. And I, really, the ultimate word is, Abba is your source. You are here on assignment, and he is your provision. But he used the word very specifically, ambassador. And he, 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 it didn't work to share it earlier. But it was the idea he wanted to share. Someone is struggling. Someone doesn't have a, a right concept of who is their source. You're still trying to make your living. I don't know what's going on. But the Abba says to you, you are an ambassador on assignment, and ambassadors do not provide for themselves when they're on assignment. They are provided for by their government. This is our government head. He is your provision. Matthew 6.33 says what? Seek first kingdom and all these other things will be looked after. Would you bow with me this morning? Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word that has come alive in our life and because of it, we have placed our faith in you Thank you that you have filled us with your spirit and you have empowered us and you have called us. Wherever we are planted, you have called us to be the salt, the light. You've called us to be little Christs. thank you, Father, that in this day you are raising up a people who understand the calling, understand the anointing. You are raising up a people who are no longer afraid of the opinion of men. They are totally comfortable being alien in the world.
they walk with your love and with your anointing and with your presence. Father, today, I believe as your word has gone forth, I believe that you have spoken. I believe there has been shifting that is taking place in the priorities of many who are hearing. I believe, Father, that you are calling us back to a place of correcting again what it is we are doing on this earthly journey. I believe today that we're not going to have to wait until the fire at the end to be tested, but today your spirit will empower us to go, no, this is temporal, no, this is going to burn. I want to invest in eternity. I want to invest in what's going to last. Father, the call of ambassador, the call of representing you is on every one of our lives. You don't force it you invite it. This morning, if you have heard from the Spirit, whether it's for the first time or whether it is being reinforced again, the anointing of ambassadorship to represent Christ in the places where you are, to become an individual who sows good seed in the fields of weeds that surround us. To watch the Spirit take that seed and build a kingdom. The Spirit of God is speaking that to you, laying it upon your heart, near the place where you're going. That's me. stand this morning where you are, and I need to pray an anointing of ambassadorship over you today. Father, your word tells us that your eyes look over the whole earth looking for those whose hearts are turned toward you. hearts that are sensitive to the call of your spirit, who are sensitive to your voice, who echo the words of Jesus, not my will, but yours be done, not my kingdom, but your kingdom. Father, I thank you this morning that you are looking at every heart and every mind in this place who has surrendered themselves to you and is saying, I am willing. I ask this morning for a fresh anointing of ambassadorship to fall upon you. Holy Spirit, would you pour out again a clarity of the call? Would you pour out a fresh fire on the inside? Would you plant inside your heart for the lost, your heart for those in bondage, your heart for those who need to be redeemed from the kingdom of darkness and translated to the kingdom? Would you make the things of the world become like vomit on the inside of us and the things of the kingdom? May that be what whets our appetite. Holy Spirit, you are raising up a people in this day, in this darkness, in this world, who are not shrinking back. 
release that anointing over every son and daughter of yours today. Would you release the anointing of ambassador? Building and empowered to build a kingdom inside of this community. thank you tomorrow for the opportunities that are going to rise up. I thank you their eyes will be open. They will see the windows. They'll see the opportunities. They will step in under the leading of the Holy Spirit and be used by you. And I thank you as they live their life as a statement of thank you for what you have done. You, Father, will receive the glory. You. will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I just need to say if you are listening today online, there has never been a time in your life when you have prayed to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today is that day that you just simply say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I ask you now to come into my life. I invite you to be my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to fill me with your spirit. And I submit myself to you to begin to build your kingdom and no longer my own. If you have prayed that prayer, I want to say welcome. receive today the blessing of the Lord. Would you all stand with me this morning and receive the blessing of the Lord? The Lord bless you today and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and fill you full of his peace and his power. I declare that in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Receiving said, Amen. God bless you, church. Have an awesome day. Have an awesome week. Thank you for your prayers for the family tomorrow.